You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents A Community Affair, a weekly program where we discuss with national and local newsmakers important issues that impact our community. And now, here's your host, Riley Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Community Affair here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm your host and Assistant News Director Riley Adams, and today we are joined by Karen Jennings. Karen is the director and founder of Military Support Groups of New Jersey. The nonprofit works to help support our troops overseas, their families at home, and military veterans. Today she is here to discuss how her work impacts those overseas along with their families at home. Karen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Before we get started with our interview, can you give our listeners a little background on yourself and how you ended up where you are now? Sure. Originally, you will tell from my speaking that I am not from New Jersey originally. (laughs) I am from Massachusetts, and I moved here in 1994, which was almost 30 years ago, for a job. I moved here with my three children, who were ages 14, 13, and 11. I intended on staying here for two years, but now, 29 (laughs) years later, I'm still here. I've had a very good life in New Jersey, and my children were happy here, and they all went to college in New Jersey and, you know, have moved on. Two of my children live in North Carolina, and one is here in New Jersey. So that's how I got here. And what made you want to start your nonprofit to support our troops and their families? Well, in 2004, I have two daughters and a son. In 2004, my son, Christopher, decided to become a Marine and actually deployed to Iraq for the first of three tours on July 5th, 2004. And he, his position was a machine gunner. So when he went off to the war, because um, Iraq was in, fully engulfed, I was distraught and I couldn't stop crying. I was very afraid for my child. And so I thought there had to be other people in the area who also had children that were in Iraq and Afghanistan, and perhaps they felt the same way I did. So I decided to start a group just for the parents to get together and have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and talk about our feelings. That was my intention. And I called it the Military Support Group of South Jersey and Pennsylvania. And then as time went on, uh, it became the Military Support Group of New Jersey. And what was the process like starting it, like the logistics or the behind the scenes? Like how long did it take to really develop? Well, we had our first meeting in September of 2004, and what I did at that time, I just made up flyers. I didn't know what I was doing, and I would put them on the windshields of cars that had any kind of military insignia on it. I contacted local veterans affairs offices. I would knock on people's doors if they had a military flag flying, and I just introduced myself and told them that we were having this meeting. Originally, we started in a church, And it was always the second Thursday of every month. It still is to this day. And I just invited people to come out. The first month, we had seven people. And then word started to spread. And then now, last month, we had 37 people in attendance. 
And was it harder since it was 2004 to really get the outreach you were looking for since social media wasn't really big or anything like that? No, because I've used email a lot mm -hmm. and, um, again, made my flyers the old-fashioned way. I posted them on bulletin boards, churches, you know, local stores, and we spread the word that way. I mailed them out to people even, but we didn't really use social media, but we did use email. So that was my, and, and it still is my main uh, form of communication. So you said originally it was military support groups of South Jersey. How did you go about spreading it to other parts of the state? Well, I started finding that people heard about the Military Support Group of New Jersey, and they would come down from Central Jer Jersey or North Jersey just to have a support system. Mm -hmm. People came over the bridge from Philadelphia, and people were coming from all over the area. So when we became an official 501c3, I changed the name to Military Support Group of New Jersey because the bulk of the people that were attending were from New Jersey, but we welcome everyone. People can be from Delaware, Ohio, but the majority of the people that come out are from New Jersey. And when you were creating this nonprofit, was it more of an independent project or was it a group or like maybe another person that helped you kind of pave the way to it? Basically, it was me. <laughs> and of course, people along the way helped. Mm -hmm. I had a, a friend who's still a friend today who worked at the local Veterans Affairs office. Uh, he's a Marine. He's 84 years old. And he would spread the word around the VA office. We advertised it in the church bulletin. And as the years have progressed, we I do have a core group of people now. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the beginning, you know, it was some people came when their children were deployed, and then I never saw them again. Or some people came every week. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how it is now. It's mostly made up of veterans, military families, and just people in the area who want to support our active duty military troops. And what is it like kind of handling something like this every day, kind of 24-7? Because I feel like a nonprofit never really ends. There's always something to take care of. So what's it like running something like this while also working full-time in another position? You have to be a very organized person. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I have uh, run several businesses. I started when I was 25. So I had experience in that. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that it's hard to, to find downtime. Yeah. If I'm watching television, I might be filling out address labels or packing a box or sending thank you letters. I'm never really sitting there watching mm -hmm. TV. I have to force myself to relax because I do the bulk of the work from my home. I don't have an office anywhere. It's, it's basically in my home. And um, sometimes it's difficult to turn it off, but I feel very passionate about it. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really feel like work to me. I really do feel like it's my work for God and country. Mm -hmm. um, when my son was in the Marine Corps, I did call them down in North Carolina and asked what kind of support they had for families, and they didn't have anything unless the Marine was married. Mm -hmm. My son was not, and almost everybody in his platoon was not married. So I thought, well, I'll start it myself, but I also tried to become a chaplain, and they told me I was too old. And so I thought, well, you never tell a woman that or a strong woman that they can't do something. So I decided to take matters into my own hands and become my own type of chaplain that, you know, cares for people, loves people. We help active duty military and their families and veterans. So I'm a chaplain in a way. <laughs> And at a time now where we're kind of getting into the holiday season, is it more like chaotic, maybe stressful because you're looking to do so much more 
during this time of year? Yes, absolutely. Um, every year, we our goal had always been to send five to 600 care packages to our troops. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. And that kind of evolved uh, from the meetings that we had in the beginning of this. And then this time of the year, we send a different type of package, a holiday package. And it's filled with small wrapped gifts, maybe a pair of socks, a yo-yo, a frisbee, uh, a puzzle book, matchbox cards, Uno cards, things like that. We also include candy canes or some type of candy, Mm -hmm. Christmas cards that are filled out by people all over from Delaware to, you know, New Jersey to Pennsylvania. And we also include a Santa hat in there. And I tell each recipient that they are chosen to play Santa and they have the opportunity to give these gifts out to the members of the platoon. So it is a very busy time. As a matter of fact, in the trunk of my car right now, (laughs) uh, there's about 30 packed holiday boxes. Tomorrow morning, I am going to the post office at quarter of 7 (laughs) a.m. and I am mailing out 80 boxes that are just specifically for Christmas. However, I'll probably do another 25 or 30 next week. Mm -hmm. And so it is busy and it is difficult sometimes when you have a full-time job. And I'm very organized. I have a date book, a written date book, and I just am very specific in what I do. And then I'm also specific in my downtime as well. But yes, it is pretty busy. Mm -hmm. And when you're shipping out these care packages, is it more in a local sense or kind of troops all over the country? Well, we receive the names and addresses to mail the care packages from people all over the area, mostly from New Jersey, Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. Somebody may have a nephew that's from Ohio, and they'll give me their military address, Mm -hmm. and I'll add them to the list because there is a connection to New Jersey. We send to every branch of the military, the Navy, the Army, the Marines, the Coast Guard, and the Air Force, and we've even had a few people that were in the Space Force. But we send the care packages to anybody that is deployed out of the United States of America. So they could be in Poland, they could be on ships in the Mediterranean Sea, they could be in Germany or South Korea, they could be in Guam, just Germany, Africa. I'm trying to think of all the places that (laughs) I, and sometimes I don't even know where they're at. All I know is that they're deployed and we send out the boxes and they can take anywhere from a week to five weeks for the boxes to arrive. That is why I am mailing out the boxes on so early Mm -hmm. uh, before Christmas, so they'll arrive in time. And I also put in a few gifts, little menorahs and things like that for the people that celebrate Hanukkah too. And in what other ways does military support groups of New Jersey support United States troops other than care packages? Well, we have people all over the area who knit, crochet, and quilt um, blankets. Mm -hmm. Those blankets go to veterans' homes, All around the area, there's a veterans home in Millville, New Jersey, called the Vineland Veterans Home. Many of the blankets go there. We send them to military hospitals. I've shipped them to Germany. I've actually shipped them out onto the battlefield back when Afghanistan and Iraq were fully engaged. Mm -hmm. We also have people that make handmade baby blankets, little baby sweaters and hats, Mm -hmm. and most of those go to either the Cherry Hill Armory, the military families there, the Woodbury, New Jersey Armory, or Joint Base McGuire-Dix-Lakehurst, or the Pomona Air Base. I have some connections to those places, and we package up the baby items, and we deliver them to the bases so that the military families can feel loved and cared for by the people of New Jersey when 
maybe they're having a baby and their husband is deployed Mm -hmm. and they don't feel so alone because somebody cares. Mm -hmm. And in your opinion, why do you think it's so important that military families have a certain level of support while their loved ones are deployed? I think it's really important because it's a very lonely feeling. You're worried about your loved one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even when there's no raging war going on, if they're in a war zone or even if they're not in a war zone, there's lots of things that we as Americans don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I think families, military families tend to worry, uh, especially parents. I think spouses, it's a little bit different. Not that they don't worry, but their wife or their husband has told them, things maybe that they haven't told parents and so the maybe the spouses are a little bit less worried Mm -hmm. and all of our troops are very well trained and so I try to tell parents you know they know what they're doing they've been trained for this job I think it's just difficult as a parent because we spend so much of our lives making sure our children are safe Mm -hmm. from the time they are born till they ride their bike till they go off to college and now they're in a war zone and you are very helpless. Mm -hmm. And so I think parents tend to worry maybe a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, some spouses worry too, but they seem to be very strong. A lot of the spouses that I've met seem to, the only way I can think of it is a stiff upper lip, but I think they do appreciate the people of our area who will go and mow a lawn. There's Mm -hmm. veterans groups that will mow lawns of the uh, families whose loved one is deployed. We also provide groceries every month, and we bring those to joint bases, a food pantry up there. So I think some of the families do feel loved and cared for, mm-hmm. uh, especially when their loved one is deployed. And sometimes, remember, the husband could be home with the children, and it's the wife that's deployed. Sometimes it's the wife that's home with the children, and it's the husband that's deployed. So uh, we just try to be supporting Um, of all those families so that they'll know that somebody cares about them and and really loves them, even if we may not know them. Mm -hmm. And we kind of touched on this, but why do you think it might be more important at a time like the holiday season for those loved ones to receive that support? When the holidays come, for most families, we've always gathered together, whether Mm -hmm. it was Thanksgiving or Easter or or Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever holiday, Memorial Day, 4th of July, when we get together and celebrate with loved ones. But for Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and all of the holidays this time of the year, when your loved one is deployed, there is a missing seat at the table. Mm-hmm. And it can be very difficult for families. You try to be happy, but you're sad. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of uh, a loss at your home because that person isn't there help opening gifts or carving the turkey. And so I think when we send the holiday care packages, it's also lonely for our troops. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to do their job and they know it and they may not admit it, but it can be difficult for them too because their spouse and their children, they're not there for the holidays. They're not there with their parents or their siblings and their loved ones. So it can be very difficult for them. So the holiday packages, I hope, make them feel, you know, loved because their platoon or the sailors or the airmen or, you know, the soldiers, their family at this point is the people that they serve with. And for the families at home, they may still gather with the rest of their extended family, but I know it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. I know it was difficult for me because my son did three tours of Iraq. And what I did, I kept the Christmas tree up until he came home in February of 2005. And we had Thanksgiving dinner with all the fixins one day. And the next day I made what I normally made for Christmas <laughs> dinner. And he opened up his gifts and 
we kind of made up for it, you know, mm-hmm. after he was home. So with your nonprofit, Military Support Groups of New Jersey, do you guys hold any events or anything besides the monthly meetings that members can come to or just people who are curious to see what it's about? Um, well, m- the main meeting is on the second Thursday of every month. We meet at an American Legion post in Gloucester Township, uh, American Legion Post 281. They have very graciously uh, given us the hall to use on that second Thursday of every month. And uh, at that point, we have coffee at 6.30 p.m., and then we hold a, a short meeting, and then people drop off donations every month. So we pack our regular care packages, which could either be filled with snacks and food or the other care packages filled with toiletry items and, you know, crossword puzzle books and balls and Frisbees and things like that. But we also try to do fundraisers once in a while just to try to raise the money to pay for these care packages. I use a large flat flat rate care box from the post office, and it costs almost $23 a box. Mm -hmm. So if you figure out, we do now uh, 800 boxes a year, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So we do have to fundraise. And also, we do things like car shows twice a year. We have a car show that's uh, done for us for a local hot rod garage out of Berlin, New Jersey. And in August, everybody brings items for the care packages. So people in the community could help with that, drop off items for the care packages, or they could help us pack boxes on that day. And then also in November, he does a second car show for us, and all of those items are grocery items that are then brought up to Joint Base McGuire-Dix-Lakehurst for the families for their Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday. So people could reach out to me on Facebook for the Military Support Group of New Jersey, or they could email me, and I could give you that information if you'd like, and ask or Google me. If you Google me, you'll find all my information Uh, or Google the Military Support Group of New Jersey and there's contact information there if people want to help or if they have an address of someone that they have that is currently deployed. And to kind of wrap up this first half of our show, how can somebody who wants to be more supportive of the Military Support Groups of New Jersey, how can they donate those items? Well, as I said, on the second Thursday of every month, you can bring the items to our meeting. We don't really have storage So I encourage people to come to the American Legion Post every second Thursday of the month. And people could send a check or they could go to our Facebook page. I mean, our, excuse me, our website, make a donation that way, the military support group of NewJersey.com. And so that pretty much is it. Or if people knit and crochet blankets and they could drop them off at our meeting and you could contact me again, like I said, on Facebook and instant message me and I can make a suggestion. And also I encourage people, especially this time of the year, when you gather with your families or any holiday or gathering, bring some blank cards, greeting cards, and ask everybody in your family just to fill out a card to our troops. Um, I highly suggest you write dear friend or dear troop. Uh, If you put dear soldier, I can only send them to the Army. Sailors, Marines, airmen, and coasties don't like to be called soldiers. So each branch of the military has their own name. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that can be done. Karen, thank you so much for speaking with me so far. Thank you. When we return, we will continue our conversation and learn what she's also done for veterans who have served in our country.
Welcome back to A Community Affair here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm your host, Riley Adams, and today I'm joined by Karen Jennings. Karen is the director and founder of Military Support Groups of New Jersey, a nonprofit that works to help our troops overseas, their families at home, and military veterans. In this half of the show, we will be discussing what Karen does in her role to help military veterans. Kind of tell our listeners a bit about what you do within Veterans Affairs. So even with the military support group, I've always helped veterans. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I found a veteran in need, I would provide groceries for them, or I would put them in touch with other veterans organizations that might be able to help them better. For the last year and a half, I have worked for a local county veterans affairs office, and my job is as an outreach person. So I go to VFWs, American Legion Posts, Marine Corps Leagues, different various veterans organizations in my county, and I try to encourage our veterans to come to their local Veterans Affairs office and apply for veterans benefits. And in our office and in all of the Veterans Affairs offices around New Jersey and in all across the country, there are people that are called veteran service officers, often called VSOs. Their job is to help a veteran apply for veterans benefits that they may be entitled to. And what do the veteran benefits kind of consist of? Well, there are two sections of the VA. There are monetary benefits that some veterans may qualify for, and the other part of the Veterans Affairs is for health care. Mm-hmm. So there are clinics all around the United States and here in New Jersey that veterans can sign up for VA health, and they could go to the VA clinic for hearing tests, for vision tests, for all kinds of medical. They see doctors and nurses and specialists for whatever medical issues they may have as a result of their military service. And what do our counties or the state of New Jersey as a whole do to make sure our country's veterans are helped when they return home? Well, the VA, the Veterans Affairs offices, there's also lots of organizations like American Legions, VFWs, Marine Corps Leagues. There are other organizations called Team Red, White, and Blue, different organizations all over the country, really, that are there for our veterans. There are a lot of new ones for the younger veterans, like the Team Red, White, and Blue, and even the Military Support Group, different organizations that are available for our veterans of every age. Mm-hmm so that they can feel that they are supported. Sometimes our veterans come home and they might have been in a war zone or they might have had a stressful experience in their military career and they come back to the United States and nobody realizes what they've endured. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there's a high rate of suicide amongst our veterans of all ages, uh, mostly a lot of younger veterans that were in either Afghanistan or Iraq Mm -hmm. or in Vietnam. And sometimes those issues are not addressed. So there are more and more organizations now, I notice, that are addressing that to make sure that our veterans are cared for and loved and receiving the counseling or medication or a service dog or whatever it is they need to be able to cope with whatever issues they're going through. And in your opinion, why do you feel like it's important that veterans receive aid or support when they return home from deployment? There's only about 1% of our American public who signs up for military service. Mm -hmm. So it's a very small and elite group. And I believe that we owe it to them Mm -hmm. to take care of our veterans when they come home and all throughout their life. Because sometimes people have health problems, physical problems that are a result of their military service. And it may not affect them when they're 
30 or 40, but maybe when they're 70 or 60 or 50, as we age, some of those problems that happen to most people may happen sooner for our veterans because of what they have experienced. For instance, if someone was a machine gunner Mm -hmm. and they were near the machine gun, or they may have hearing issues when they're in their 40s or 50s rather than for a normal person might not have a hearing loss until they're in their 70s or 80s. So things like that need to be addressed with our veterans. And I think that we are a very patriotic country and for the most part, and I think that we really do owe it to our men and women who sacrifice to serve our country. We should be taking care of them. And for somebody who may not know directly how they can help, how can the society as a whole help veterans who have served and also help their families? Well, you could ask uh, people in your family if they were, um, if you have veterans in your family and, you know, maybe sit down with your grandfather or your uncle or your aunt or a cousin and hear their story. Sometimes they just need to talk. People just want to talk and be genuinely interested in, oh, you, I heard that you served in the Air Force. What was your job there? Mm-hmm. You can ask around at your church or at school. There's lots of veterans here on campus. May, there's veterans groups here at the college. You could go and ask what you could do to help. Maybe You could organize a food drive for some of the veterans here on campus or gift cards just to say thank you to them. You could also contact, you can just get online and Google local veterans organizations and find out what you could do for your community no matter where you are, not just in New Jersey, but all over the country. And get involved and go and meet veterans and have a cup of coffee with a veteran Mm -hmm. and just genuinely be interested. Sometimes they just might need a friend. And actually, I find that I'm more blessed by being around veterans. I may think I'm helping them, but they're actually helping me. So on the first half of the show, we kind of talked about how support groups help those who have members who are currently serving. How can we support the families of veterans who have already served? Well, if you, again, you have to be aware of where the veterans are. People may put a flag out in front of their home that has Mm -hmm the army on it and you know more than likely that somebody in the family is serving in the army or they're a veteran you could ask around in your social circle ask your family ask your friends ask your neighbors you know who's a veteran and maybe offer to shovel the driveway if it snows or mow their lawn especially if they're older Mm -hmm. or even if the veteran has passed away and their spouse lives alone, especially as people get older, Mm -hmm. and just ask what you could do to help them. Basically, you know, just be kind and loving and and ask what you could do to help. So for your role, you deal with supporting family members who have loved ones overseas and veterans. What is your favorite part about what you do, and why do you like helping members of the military community? Well, I come from a long line of uh, veterans. My grandfather was in World War II. He was an Army, actually prisoner of war. Um, He never really talked about his service, and he passed away when I was 17. My father, who's 88, is a Navy veteran, and he never really talked about his service. He wasn't in a war or anything, but he just never really talked about it until I started asking questions. And my father was stationed in the Philadelphia Navy Yard, Mm -hmm. and then the ship went to Boston, and he met my mother, and uh, that's how that all came about. And, of course, with my son serving in the Marine Corps as a machine gunner, I've been, you know, very proud of him. But I think, for me, I believe that every one of us 
should serve in some way as a volunteer, whether you're a tutor, Mm -hmm. whether you are a big sister or a big brother, whether you're a Girl Scout leader or a Boy Scout leader, whether you help teach religion classes or Sunday school, whether you buy groceries and donate them to a food bank, buy diapers for a, a single mother. But I feel that every one of us should do some type of volunteer work mm-hmm. every week. And for me, originally, I served the homeless for 20 years. And then when my son went and joined the military, I switched to the veterans help. And my friend took over the homeless ministry for me. But I am very passionate about making sure that people feel loved and cared for, whether they're in the military or not. And so I've been able to do that by sending the care packages, by giving someone a hug, by supporting our troops and their families and our veterans. So there's a lot of satisfaction in that for me. I feel like I'm doing God's work, really, and um, it makes me happy that, that I was chosen to do this. Before we wrap up our conversation today, what goals do you have for yourself or for your nonprofit regarding the military community? Well, I have a feeling that we will always have people deployed. I thought when the wars ended that I would basically go out of business, but we always have military troops that are somewhere in the world. Mm -hmm. And right now, there are conflicts going on around the world. And even though we're not involved in them as of yet, I just think that The goals for the group are just to continue supporting our active duty military troops that are away from home Mm -hmm. and their families and our veterans. And I probably will continue to do this until I physically can't do it anymore. Karen, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And that does it for this month's edition of A Community Affair here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm your host, Riley Adams, and I thank you all for tuning in. You've been listening to A Community Affair with your host, Riley Adams. Be sure to join us on the third Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. as we discuss the important issues that impact you and our community. Only here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.